that newborn babies are not very silent, but actually, you know, I had that moment shortly after, well, yeah, shortly after James was born, like, we had that, like, fury of all kinds of different things going on, and he's come, and there he is, um, and of course, there was a lot of, you know, sound came out of that, and that was okay, because that's what babies do. And there's just this moment that I remember sitting in the hospital room in perfect silence, and Amy's asleep, and James is asleep, and I just had this holy moment of contemplation. And I just think that that song, what that song is about for, for Mary, for Joseph, for this holy family, multiplied by a billion um, that's kind of where I go when I think about Silent Night. Well, good evening to everyone. I'd like to welcome you to New Hope Community Church. For those who have, may have come this evening not quite sure what you've gotten yourself into, New Hope is what we call a non-denominational church. That means that while we don't belong to any specific flavor of a worldwide church like uh, the Methodists or a Southern Baptist or Roman Catholic, we respect and honor all of the various corners of Christ's church because that's what this is all about, or rather, that's who this is all about. New Hope, like it says on our new sign out front, is a non-denominational community of Jesus followers committed to Christ-centered worship, small group discipleship, and sacrificial service to others. In short, we are a Jesus community. And no matter what sort of faith tradition that you're coming from, or maybe if you're not from a faith tradition at all, or maybe you're not quite sure what faith tradition means, the bottom line is that if you're in this room, you are welcome. We are so glad that you're with us today to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Remember, Christmas, uh, kids, Christmas isn't Jesus' birthday. We actually have no idea what part of the year he was born. Uh, if there really were shepherds keeping watch over the flock by night, even in the ancient world, they probably didn't do that in December. I, I checked the weather and the overnight low in, uh, this evening in Bethlehem is 42 degrees. I mean, that's not Canada cold, but it's chilly. No, tonight's not Jesus' birthday. Tonight's Jesus' birthday party. Tonight's a celebration. That's why we sing. That's why we're doing a family service. But speaking of chili, I'd like uh, to make sure everyone is up to speed on how we've been spending our December here at New Hope so far. You see, we've been picking on this guy that Darcy called Ben who you're probably familiar with, even if you haven't been here before. See, Ben's full name is Ebenezer Scrooge. He's a fictional character in a book called A Christmas Carol, written by a fellow named Charles Dickens. Here's how he's introduced in the book. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutches, clutching, covetous old sinner. I like him already. The cold within him froze his old features, nipped his pointed nose, shriveled his cheek, stiffened his gait, made his eyes red, his, thips, his thin lips blue, and spoke out shrewdly in his grating voice. A frost and frosty rhyme was on his head and on his eyebrows and on his wiry chin. 
He carried his own low temperature always about him. He iced his office in the dog days, and he didn't thaw it one degree at Christmas time. For the past four Sundays, we've been walking through the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. First came the wake-up call. The wake-up call right from his friend and partner, Jacob Marley, that Scrooge had been wasting his time worshiping money, but there was still hope for him. Then came the visits from three ghosts, three spirits, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, who show Scrooge these visions that help him see like the error of his ways. You know the story. That's why we wanted to talk about that this Advent. There, there is something about a story so powerful that you don't mind telling it again and again. Well, Scrooge had these visits from the three spirits, as you know, and now clutching the robe of the ghost of Christmas future who had shown him a vision of his own death, Scrooge now wakes up in his own bed. in my own room. It's Christmas morning. I haven't missed it. The spirits have given me another chance. Oh, I know just what I'll do. They'll be so surprised. Oh, what a wonderful day. <laughs> oh, there's so much to do. Oh, oh so much to do. Oh, <laughs> Go out like this. There. Ah. Merry Christmas to one and all. <laughs> well, bless me. Good morning, gentlemen. I've something for you. Twenty gold sovereigns. Oh no. Not enough. Well, all right. Fifty gold sovereigns. Really, Mr. Scrooge, it's still not enough. <laughs> you drive a hard bargain. Here you are. One hundred gold pieces and not a penny more. <laughs> not a penny more. Oh, thank you, Mr. Scrooge. Thank you. And a Merry Christmas to you. I'm looking forward to that wonderful meal of yours. Of course I am. You know how much I like candied fruits with spiced sugar cakes. I'll be over probably to keep it piping hot. A meal, a Christmas to you. Merry Christmas and keep the cheese. <laughs> Wonderful lads. <laughs> and now for Cratchit. <clears throat> Why, Mr. Scrooge! Uh, Merry Christmas! Well, won't you come in? Merry Christmas. Huh. I have another bundle for you. But, sir, it's Christmas Day. Christmas Day, indeed. Just another excuse for being lazy. And another thing, Cratchit. I've had enough of this half-day-off stuff. 
You leave me no alternative but to give you... Toys! Yes, toys. No, 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 no. I'm giving you a raise and making you my partner. A, a partner? Oh, thank you, Mr. Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Bob. And God bless us, everyone. Joy to the children, far and dear. to like about Scrooge McDuck. Mickey's Christmas Carol, that's my favorite version of the story. Uh, I think Muppets is a close second. So the clip we watched, like the story it comes from, shows this man who has been given a new lease on life. He has shown visions of his past and how his life came to be what it had become. He showed, he's shown visions of his present that showed him the ways that he could have been a blessing on others, and not only that, could have received blessing from others. And then he's shown this vision of his future, of what it would have looked like if he continued down this path. He's shown a vision of what the future would have been looked like when he's gone. When Scrooge wakes up clutching his bedpost, Dickens says, yes. And the bedpost was his own, the bed was his own, the room was his own, best and happiest of all. The time before him was his own to make amends in. Charles Dickens wrote this story not simply as a description of what Christmas was like in the 19th century England. Christmas time actually wasn't that big of a celebration at the time. No, Dickens wrote the story because he wanted to lay out an argument for what Christmas could be for a community. Perhaps Ebenezer Scrooge was actually Dickens' commentary on a society that had lost its light. Dickens was no great theologian, but his vision of a man who had encountered the supernatural and then woke up to a new day, or better yet, a new life, is a powerful one. There's certainly something about this season that begs us to evaluate our priorities and our choices. Have you ever noticed that many of the Christmas carols are sung in minor keys? See, there's something mysterious that happens this time of year. I mean, think about it. A baby was born in a nowhere corner of the world, and 2,000 years later, here we are talking about it. As I said before, there is something about a, a story so powerful that you don't mind telling it again and again. A different story, a young girl, a virgin, engaged, a virgin engaged to this guy named Joseph, but not married yet, probably no more than 16, is told that she will give birth to a child through the conception of the Holy Spirit. She's visited by the angel Gabriel, and, Ga and, and the angel says, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. That had to have been like a, oh, whew, great. What's next? Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, who will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, Mary would have been familiar with the prophecies concerning King David. God had made a covenant with David, promising him that his line would somehow be unbreakable. God said to David, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Those words from 2 Samuel were uttered a thousand years before Mary's visit from Gabriel. And now Mary is told that this child isn't just the return of the king, the return of the Davidic king, it's the son of God himself. This child will not only be the one true king, but he will be how God returns the world to intimacy with him. You see, the miracle of Christmas is that God became human. That's important for two reasons. First, it's important because, well, God became human. The God Yahweh, Israel's God, the one who created the universe, the very author of life itself. It is this God who puts on flesh and will dwell with his people. It is so important for us to understand this Christmas that God did not send a messenger. He did not send a prophet. He sent his son. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Well, is Jesus God or is Jesus God's son? And how does that Holy Spirit thing play into it? Excellent questions. We're going to get into all of that in our Christmas Eve service. No, kidding. Christians believe that God exists eternally in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, one God, three persons. We refer to this as the Trinity, although that term never appears in the Bible. Christmas Eve service isn't really the time for Trinitarian theology, although maybe it should be. But for now, I think the most important thing for us to keep in mind is that relationship matters to God. It matters a great deal. Relationships as close as like a father's relationship to a son, a husband's relationship to a bride. God exists in triune relationship, and He desires for His creation to exist in intimate relationship with Him. God doesn't want to just be some kind of abstract God off on a cloud somewhere being like master judgment. He wants your heart He wants you to be in holy union with Him. The problem with that is that sin damages the relationship that you and I have with Him. Sin is when we miss the mark, when we lose the plot, when we... It's not just disobedience. It's when we rebel against God and His path. Sin puts distance between us and our God. So... God, because He loved the world so much, 
gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, that leads to the second reason why it's so important for us to remember that the miracle of Christmas is that God became human. It's that God became human. You see, if He really wasn't born like an actual baby, actually crying, then He didn't really live. And if He didn't really live, then that means He didn't really die. And if He didn't really die, He didn't really die for my sins. As you know, the life of that child in a manger will include the journey to the cross where Jesus paid the ultimate penalty for your sins and mine. If the story of Christmas is really about how God just made Himself look like a human being, but really was God the whole time, that's really not much of a story. The miracle of Christmas is that God put on flesh in order that He might die at the hands of the very ones He created in order to bring salvation to the world. John puts it this way, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was already made through Him, yet the world didn't know Him. He came to His own, and His own people didn't receive Him, but to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, the family of God, who who were born, born again, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. See, the love and grace that God offers you tonight is by definition free Through Christ, He offers to bring peace to your past, a sense of joy to your present, and a path, a path of love for your future, all because He loves you with an eternal love that will know no end. He is the only King who deserves your loyalty. He is the only God who deserves your worship. He doesn't love you because of all the good stuff that you've done. There is no way that you and I could earn or deserve the kind of love that God has for us. God's love is based entirely on His holy character. Let every heart prepare Him room. Let's pray. Father, what a mysterious time this night Some of us might be in this room not sure what's going to happen tomorrow, what things are going to be under the tree, what gifts might we receive tomorrow. Help us to see the night, just to take this moment to consider the gift that we have in your Son, the free gift given by grace because you love us so much that you gave your only Son. Father, whisper into our ears the things that we need to hear tonight. Help us do business with the things that would kind of creep in. Those words from our past that say, don't you know who you really are? Jesus says, no, let me tell you who you really are. You're my beloved. The things that might rob the joy of our present, the things that might distract us from the path of love that is our future. Father, we ask all of these things. We ask that you guide us, that we would seek your kingdom first. And we do all of this in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen.